With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everyone? I am Jack Allen coming at you from with another episode, Conspiracy or Just a Coincidence. Follow me on Twitter at Conspiracy or JAC. Uh, Gab, YouTube soon to be odyssey i'm all all on, on all those platforms if you want to check it out if you want to support the show conspiracy or just a coincidence.com so today i have a, an awesome a young guest that blew me away he's 21 he's uh i i say it in the intro when i in the youtube but his name's drew hancock and i have his twitter uh on the on the show notes and the links but Drew, he's a, a, liberty, a liberty guy on Liberty Twitter, which, you know, it's so fun. You have these different communities on Twitter. And, you know, we're like probably most of my listeners are in the conspiracy part that crosses over with Liberty Twitter. But I, I told him I used to be a libertarian guy. And then I, I well, first I was like Trump, then I was libertarian. And now I'm more, it's like a, a monarchist, whatever you want to call that. And uh, I, we talk about that. So it's an awesome show. He kind of talks about anarcho-capitalism and what that means to him and what how that would work. And I kind of talk about my belief that without morality and and there's a lot more crossover than I thought. So it's a great episode. We don't we're not like debating or anything, but super nice guy, really well informed, and I really enjoyed having him on. I think it's like. It's we we uh, create like enemies out of people that view differently than we do. And, you know, he opened my eyes to a lot of things that I think were positive about his set of beliefs for our hypothetical future that is possible once the, the government collapses. So it's a great show. Check out Drew. He's on YouTube and Odyssey and Twitter. And I'll link his uh, Twitter handle in the show notes and in the, the title. But. That's it, guys. So I got a, a show coming up, actually, I think tomorrow with uh, an awesome guy who wrote a book on the Seminole Indians starting their own breakaway like culture and community in Florida. And uh, yeah, so a lot of exciting stuff working on my Alan Dulles book. Oh, my gosh, dude. Alan Dulles was the biggest POS in the world, in the world. And it adds more facts to how that the United States government's sole reason for wars and overthrowing governments was to remove nationalistic regimes because you can't have corporations come and steal all of your natural resources until you have a bribed and corrupted government. So guys, check out, check out Drew. Thanks for listening. I'm Jack Allen from Conspiracy or Just a Coincidence, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks so much. Peace.
All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Conspiracy or Just a Coincidence. So today I have a Liberty Twitter superstar, Drew Hancock. Drew, thanks for being on the show, dude. Yeah, I don't know about superstar, but I am a proud Lobert. So how about, how about rising star? How about rising there we star? Go. All right. I'm, I'm content with that. So first questions, how would they build the roads? Just joking. Uh, they wouldn't. I'm a libertarian <laughs> just, specifically. I just, I, I was, roads. I was planning that joke and I wanted it to land better, but, uh, well, we'll, we'll but so I tell everyone, I guess, like what your beliefs are, because obviously I think a lot of people gravitate towards like the liberty side of things and, and yeah. Yeah. So uh, I use the term libertarian to be more specific. I am an anarcho-capitalist. So like I take it to the extreme. I don't think the government should exist at all. I still believe in private property rights. Um, on the spectrum, so libertarianism, people say like it's not left or right, and uh, I don't really agree with that per se. I think that there are left-wing libertarians and right-wing libertarians. I consider myself to be more right-wing. So I believe that, you know, without government, things do result in hierarchy, and I do believe more in traditional values and things like that. Um, yeah, I think that's basically it. Yeah. Well, I think that's like the common, like the common thing people will say was like if a 13-year-old girl wants to sell herself on you know in a like a libertarian world you know how would that would that be okay right i feel like that's the like one of those like who built the roads type questions right yeah those are the two questions that i would say most get levied at people which uh like the age of consent stuff that gets thrown at everyone yeah. like i would say so like if you disagree with someone people are going to say oh well you're a pedophile just cuz that's what people go to <laughs> but i feel like libertarians get that more than most people because of kind of our beliefs yeah and uh yeah i mean we can talk about stuff like that but yeah <laughs> yeah no i would yeah tell so again what would be like your response to something like that in, yeah. in your perfect world so it's not a perfect world so like even if we abolish <laughs> nice. the government i will just say it's never going to be perfect right Absolutely. i'm not sitting here and saying like oh yeah i know the answer is to all the world's problems <laughs> um so age of consent specifically is something that should be kept like as local as possible. So you look at it and you say like a five-year-old and a 30-year-old, I think everyone pretty much agrees. I would hope so that, yeah, that's completely wrong. <laughs> uh, you get to a 10-year-old and a 25-year-old, again, like everyone's gonna think that's wrong. Uh, you get to a 15-year-old and a 20-year-old, I think most people are gonna say that's wrong, less amount. Uh, a 19-year-old and a 15-year-old, I think that's kind of the line. I think most people would still say that's not fine, but you may have more people, and then 18 and 15. So stuff like this, it's something where it should be kept local as possible. Like, if you're a kid's parents, you know your kid better than they do. There are some, like, 18-year-olds that I met that are still fucking stupid and, like, basically... Sorry, can I use bad words? Yeah, here? absolutely, okay. dude. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> So like I've met 18 year olds who are so stupid and like they're basically still children. And then at the same time, I've met 18 year olds who are fully functional adults. Um, and there are arguments about that, about when do people become adults? Cause I don't think that there is like a set age, like, oh, you're not an adult at 17 and then you turn 18 and then magically you're an adult. Um, I think that there is kind of a argu argument to be made there for autonomy and things like that. Um, but yeah, as far as a 13 year old with, you know, whatever, uh, Personally, I don't think that a 13-year-old can consent, um, so I'm not one of those people. I think that it is kind of morally abhorrent. Um, 
And I don't think that, that would be something that would just be accepted. So there is this view of libertarians that is also promoted by some libertarians, which is part of the problem that we're all just, you know, live and let live. Well, they're just two people. They just want to do whatever. Who are you? Uh, that's not my opinion at all. Part of free association and freedom is me being able to say like, no, that's fucking ridiculous ostracism. Like, uh, yeah, if I find out that my neighbor's next door uh, is a 13-year-old dating a 20-year-old, I'm probably not going to talk to those people. Like, uh, probably kind of want nothing to do with that, or if they're like parents who allow that to happen. Um, but yeah, did that? Yeah, yeah, answer? absolutely. So I also saw you, like, I watched clips of, um, you were like, I don't know, you were with that debate with uh, his name, Clint, I think, right? Yeah, and Clint like the Kennedy's. business. Yeah. And I saw, I like follow, you know, Twitter, it's so much fun, but I was following like that. <laughs> And that was like a real interesting, you know, it was like one sticking to the core libertarian beliefs and the other in a more like kind of, in my opinion, like drifting away. So where did you fall on that, that view? So for people listening, it was the debate, should government, so government, you know, mandating vaccines and private businesses staying green with that, right? You can, or you can explain better. Yeah. So, uh, DeSantis, he passed this thing, so he said that, uh, hey, you're not, no government, like the federal government, if they pass a law saying that uh, businesses have to ask for proof of vaccination, we're not going to honor that, we're not going to do that ourselves, and that I am completely on board with. Mm -hmm. um, I have no problem using like state power in that way to curb other state power, um, but then the other part of that was that he was going to start finding businesses who did ask for proof of vaccination, and that is where I have the problem, so I think that businesses should be allowed to do uh, on their property, of course. Like, I don't think that they should be allowed to go around shooting people for no reason. Uh, but on their property, especially with discrimination, I think that businesses should be allowed to discriminate on whatever basis they want, whether it's they don't want to serve someone who's Black, whether they don't want to serve someone because they're ugly, whatever reason they want. Uh, proof of vaccination is no different than that. And if you look at a state like Florida, uh, even consequentially, if there were any businesses asking for proof of vaccination, I think they would all go out of business pretty much. Like, I don't think it would have been a problem. Um, yeah, so that's all it is. I'm opposed to the vaccination mandates because I think that businesses should be allowed to make that decision for themselves and that goes right. either direction. Yeah, so it's like such a tough, cause like with the government mandating and them agreeing with it, it puts you like in that weird area of like, it's, is it their choice or not their choice? I, but it was real interesting. Like it really made me think like, it's just like you said, there's no perfect system, but it's just hard to, it's like, if you're going by the book or now you're making concessions and certain rules, I don't know. I just, it was a real interesting, if you had to like pick one, so I mean, I usually associate like the, the beginning of America as a pretty libertarian time. Would you agree with that? Um, yeah, like with the Declaration of Independence and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So do you think that's probably the most successful country that has lived by that kind of private personal rights? Do you think that's like the most successful time? Um, probably people also use and these are examples that I haven't read about. So mm -hmm. I can't really speak on them. But people also reference uh, medieval Iceland and Ireland, which, you know, those oh, are historic no examples. Idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll just say people say that. I don't know anything about them. So there are other people to ask about that. Uh, people also reference the Wild West. And that is something that I have listened to lectures about. Um, that's still not something that I have read about. So I'm not really qualified to speak about it. Um, but yeah, America, specifically its founding, I would say is probably the most libertarian society ever. 
Because my like thing, like I said, I was like more really like libertarian. I even have a libertarian flag, and as I, I as I, it's I told as you list Tottler, we talked about morality. It seemed like back then it might have been easier because everyone was a Christian, and even if the founding fathers weren't Christians, they were whatever they were called. Uh, yeah, I think they were like deists. Yeah, yeah, right. And but it seemed like that's why it like there's so many insane people in the world, and that's yeah. why like as I like I would do this example, like the shopping cart, you know, like there's people yeah. put the shopping carts away. <laughs> like that's why libertarian in my mind would, because people are assholes, you know, like without a, a like overwatch of some morality or, or rules, it feels like it would fall into chaos. What would you like say to like that kind of response? Yeah, so I completely agree. Uh, I am completely anti-democracy. I am completely against the average person having any say over anything. <laughs> Um, I, like I said, I'm, I'm a right-wing person. Yeah. Um, where my issue is and why I'd rather have no government is because whenever you create a government where people elect representatives or whatever else, uh, you're basically creating a system where other people who are stupid and don't know anything about me then have a claim to make rules about how I should live. And that's why I am anti-government. Um, and there is like a libertarian argument that comes from Hans Hermann Hoppe about how monarchy would be superior to democracy for nice. other reasons than that. But um, yeah, I'm completely against. I don't know. I, I don't like. I don't like democracy. I I agree with you a hundred percent. It's fun. who yeah. said that? What was his name? The Hans Hermann Hoppe. He's I'll have a to German look him guy. up because yeah. there's this book I read. I can't tell the full. It's like called uh, Freemasons Behind the Revolution and another group, but I'm not going to say it on on a podcast but basically though it like it goes through how all the revolutions in europe and in the west and in you know the, our revolution were all done by freemasons which is like true you know our founding fathers were all freemasons and they did this like the french revolution thomas paine was there and all these people were doing it because they needed to remove the monarchy and the church which gave the the, the best representation of the the populace and I thought that was like a really interesting, that's why I never heard that before for until so I'll have to look up that guy. But that like got me thinking like they, you know, these groups, these secret, they've never done anything for our benefit ever. Yeah. So like if they were always, be, and they would openly admit like we over, you know, we were behind the, the Bolshevik revolution and all these revolutions, why? And that's, that's like almost like started me thinking like, you know, I, I, that, liber that the liberty though it is amazing, is like not it's something that they can just then take away or something i don't know the best poetic way to say that um yeah i mean there is an argument that i do sympathize with that had the czar taken out the bolsheviks before the bolshevik revolution happened we wouldn't have had communism and that's something that uh, i do i agree sympathize with and understand yeah um <laughs> but uh, yeah the freemason yeah. stuff i don't really know anything about yeah all of that um it was but, just uh, an interesting viewpoint. That's like, you know, it just got me like thinking like, is there more to this than to like, you know, people, and we do it to people too. Like the, oh, you're not really free. You're not free. So now we're going to take it. That's why we're taking out your government. Cause you're not really free. You know, you have a dictator or whatever, but. Yeah. So what type of libertarian were you? Were you like an ANCAP or just like a Gary Johnson libertarian? Or like <laughs> so I liked, uh, <laughs> I learned about, I had a, do you know who, I know, you know, I'm sure you know Sal, the agorist. I had him yeah. on, and then I had um, Joshua from Our Foundations. Do you know Josh? I do not. Uh, he's a really smart guy, but he's, 
an agorist as well. And I love that idea, like trading and, and doing, you know, being the best self-sustaining person you can be. But beyond that, I, you know, I just hate the government and police. So I just fell <laughs> into that, that group. Yeah. 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 Why, why do you ask that? Uh, I'm just curious. Oh, so okay. I, with the agorism, I like counter economics, like in black market activity and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I don't think that it's really useful as a, I don't think you're going to take out the state through agorism. So I guess that's where I disagree with the agorist. Mm. Uh, but yeah. So what's your ideal government now? So you're not a libertarian, but. Dude, I'm going to get hammered first. I think that oh, if man. you had a nationalistic, and I use this word, it's such a fascism, a nationalistic moral, like with a church, like a monarchy with a, a divine king and a, a powerful church that would be the, that would look after its own people that's I would even and I even like say this like I would even stop like conspiracies I would stop all of it I would just do what I was told if I knew it was creating a land that I could that was going to be better to who my, my children you know like I would yeah. give up but I know that's not the direction we're going like I don't know what you call what we have today <laughs> but, but yeah what do you what do you think about that do you think that that do you see some positives from that kind of uh government or so the thing with that, so as an ANCAP, and I think this is something that a lot of people don't get, uh, whenever you have private property rights, you can run whatever your private property is, however you want. Mm -hmm. So hypothetically, there could be a communist society in anarcho-capitalism, just people buy up a whole bunch of land, they start on a, a commune there. Uh, so something like that, like if you wanted to buy up a bunch of land and have something like that, I would totally support it. Uh, my only thing with states, and I think what differentiates just that from a government is um, claiming land that I don't, well, this kind of gets into autistic libertarian territory. Bring but, it, uh, <laughs> I love it. But it's basically claiming land that you don't own. So like the government now, they claim all of this land that they've never used. It's just in the middle of nowhere. They have no right to it. And they're still going to enforce rules on there. Um, but yeah, if it's, you know, you guys buying up a bunch of land and just starting your own society, then I think that's totally fine. That's, um, yeah. I have no problem. Like that is, my worldview. I think that people should be able to live however they want. Uh, for me, that would be unbridled capitalism. Uh, for other people, you know, that would be socialism. And I think that that wouldn't work out very well. And I think eventually they would, you know, come over to everyone else. Yeah. Uh, but knock yourselves out. Like, whatever. I don't care. How do you answer? So um, the capital, like, I now feel like capitalism is just the other wing of the same bird of communism. Like, as just like how we talked about the Bolshevik revolution, how the Rockefellers and the Harrimans, they funded the Bolshevik revolution. They funded Hitler. And I, so what, like, do you have, do you think that uh, that's a, or you think that's totally off or, cause that's my fear is like, or not fear, but my complaint with a total anarcho capitalist society is that these people, they, they need us on the spectrum because wherever they are they're the people at the top are going to control it. You know, so they need a boogeyman for each, for us, the U.S., so they say it's communism, but really they control both ends of it. They control the capitalistic side. They were keeping the Bolsheviks alive with donations because they were broke. And so that's why I feel like that it's like a scam that we've been lied to, that capitalism isn't the winner. It's They control that system. They also control communism. That's why they propped it up. What, what would you like? I don't know if I'm asking like a good question, but no, do you understand what, what I'm saying? I think so. So yeah, it's one of these things where um, 
libertarians kind of get caught because we'll defend capitalism and we'll be like, oh, look at all the wealth that the U.S. has. And then in the next hand, we'll talk about how awful it is and how it shouldn't exist at all. Uh, so people kind of call us on that. And um, so basically, yeah, what we have in the United States today is corrupted capitalism. It's not my ideal. It's corporations in bed with the government. I completely agree with that. Um, on a consequentialist ground, like it still leads to insane amount of wealth. Like we are in the wealthiest society ever, uh, but there are problems that go along with that. You have weapons companies in bed with the government. I talked in one of my videos about war, about how uh, I think it was Rockefeller who helped fund World War One. He was like yeah. funding all sides in that. Yeah. Uh, well, the British, and that's why yeah. the United States entered in on right. their side. Um, so yeah, so I think when you, whenever you look at it, you see, well, capitalism brings about all this innovation. Um, capitalism is why we are as wealthy as we are now. And then they get involved with the government and everything gets <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. And it's kind of like the opposite of what liberals say. So liberals say, well, corporations are in bed with the government. So that's why we need to expand the government. So, which doesn't make any sense because mm -hmm. if corporations are controlling the government and corporate, yeah. Um, so my thing is, well, corporations are controlling the government. Let's get rid of the government. And then there's not this power structure for them to uh, exert unfair advantages on other people. So like you look at things like regulatory capture, uh, it's all corporations trying to give themselves unfair advantages in the market. Mm. Um, Do you, yeah. That, and I mean, Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to ask you another, so continue your thought. No. And I mean, even with the corrupted system we have today, we still have enough of a market where there is competition. Um, so you see big companies, go under, not all the time, but it is completely possible. So like these big tech companies right now that have a monopoly, I think 10, 15 years from now, mm -hmm. you are gonna see sites like Locals, um, Odyssey, which is actually, I don't know if you know this, actually where I work. Uh, no, you work at Odyssey? Oh, I work dude. at Odyssey. Well, thank you for, I gotta, I'm waiting until I hit 300 subscribers till I- uh, Talk to me after know. that. All I right, can, sounds I'll good. Get you on. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you see these other companies come up and uh, eventually they're not gonna have. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, yeah. all these sites aren't going to have a monopoly. And I mean, you look at Amazon, look at who they took out. Walmart was like this big devil that everyone demonized forever. Wal Amazon came along and they took You're all right. of Walmart's market share. Now Jeff Bezos is the richest guy in the world. And now Amazon is the evil corporation because once you get to the top, then you start doing the lobbying and all of this yeah, stuff. Right. But eventually someone will take them out too. Um, so yeah, yeah. So what was your Oh, was the, my question was, how would that, so what would happen in an anarcho-capitalist society where now you have no regulations and, and you know, you're not, it's hard to think back if we all started from zero, but say we change like tomorrow, I mean, Amazon has so much wealth, so much power. Couldn't they just enslave us all, buy us, buy everything. You'd be living in an Amazon pod, renting a toothbrush. I mean, so do you know Michael Malice? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen his book. I haven't read it though yet. I, which book? Uh, didn't he yeah. release a new one just recently? Yeah, he released the Anarchist Handbook, which is yes. just like a compilation of other people's stuff. Uh, okay. I highly recommend his book on called The New Right. Okay. Um, so if anyone I watching would, this yeah. wants to buy that, yeah, that's a good one. Um, so basically, say Amazon, like they bought up everything in the United States, and now all of a sudden Amazon is our ruler. Uh, <laughs> that's basically the same thing we have now. So I think it would be a wash. Uh, <laughs> sure, yeah. But um. I don't think that that is possible. So you look at the United States, you look at how they're $30 trillion in debt. Um, it's completely unsustainable outside of a government. These things cost money for private companies to do. Um, I don't think that a private company, um, I don't know how much Amazon is valued with, they don't have enough money, enough resources to take over an entire country or the entire world. 
um, no matter how much they have. And you see a lot of their wealth comes from being propped up by the government, at least the size that they are today. Hmm. Um, so there's that. And whenever you have a freer market, things tend to decentralize. So there may be like a big concentration, when, especially when you take out things like patents. So whenever someone first comes out with something, there may be like, they have this monopoly on it. Pretty soon everyone else figures out they lose most of their power. Um, whenever Amazon, all of their wealth comes from people enjoying their products and services, if they all of a sudden started invading places in the world, I think that they would lose a lot of that. Um, and there's not really anything from stopping them doing that now. Like Amazon, I don't see why they couldn't go to Africa and like a very small country and just like invade with their own Amazon military force. I don't think that you need to abolish the government for that to happen. Mm. I think that a United States with no government would probably be a superior force and say like Haiti. So I think that Amazon, if that is something they're interested in, don't wait until we abolish the government, <laughs> go there right now and take them over. Like you well, I guess, it. and you're, we've seen that already, right? With like the United Fruit Company in Guatemala, I guess they didn't, but they had the U.S. government invade for them. But then the, who was the East India Company? I mean, they had their own military yeah. and you're, you're, but yeah. They, yeah. I mean, it's something like, did you ever play the video game Borderlands? No, I haven't. And that, uh, so there's this planet Pandora. I'm getting like really nerdy and like fulfilling the I autistic it, libertarian I'll, I'll stereotype. I'll have to check that out, Borderlands. Yeah, so like there's this planet and it's all just ruled by evil corporations and they all have like their own private armies and stuff. So it okay. kind of relates to this. Yeah, but, yeah uh, totally. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think that really would just be a logistical thing. I also don't think that they would have the incentive because if they can dominate through the market through peaceful means, I think that that would be preferable to them. I think that would be preferable to everyone. You have to remember that they would have to hire like military forces who would be willing to do this, mm -hmm. um, which without decades of government propaganda, like I saw that you're reading John Taylor Gatto. Yeah. Uh, unless there's like an Amazon school that rage, that starts to raise children, then um, <laughs> about how awesome Amazon is and how you should fight and die for Amazon and be an Amazon. obedient worker, then I don't see anyone being willing to do that for Amazon. Yeah. Um, and say like Amazon did get together and they're like, we're going to start launching drone strikes on other companies. Uh, then you have a whole bunch of other companies that are like, Amazon, we're not going to stand for this. Uh, good point. Like, yeah. 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 That's absolutely a good point. I'm trying to think like what, you know, how, because I always, I don't know if you know this, did Rockefeller get kickbacks from the government? Do you know if he did or not? I'm sure he did. I don't know for sure. Though. I kept trying to find that because that was my one argument one time with somebody was like, Cause you know, we can, you can definitely make the argument Tesla and Amazon are propped up by the government, but before, you know, when Rock, the Rockefeller and Her the Harriman family, I was trying to like, he would do unsavory business practices, like buying up land on the train tracks. So they couldn't put a train there and things, but I couldn't find out if he got capitalism. And the whole point I was recent was asking that was like, you know, so before we had government, serious government kickbacks, was it still possible for someone to create a monopoly that couldn't be stopped? And that was the argument I was trying to make that it, it would have, it, it did happen, you know, with his, uh, because he would just dominate and bought everyone else out of business. I don't know where I'm really yeah. going. So, with I that. mean, yeah. So with that, um, so with this natural monopoly thing, so that kind of goes back to the patent thing. So like someone comes out with a great product, other people are going to copy it. People are going to figure out ways to do it better and cheaper. There's also, once a corporation gets very large, it starts to resemble like a bureaucratic government where it's mm -hmm. very hard to coordinate. So people talk about the economic calculation problem uh, that also applies to 
very large companies because What's whenever the you have economic this... calculation problem. Um. So yeah. Sorry. So oh, Mises wrote <laughs> Mises Ludwig von Mises, the Austrian economist. Uh, he wrote it about socialism, saying that without a price system, uh, calculation is pretty much impossible in a socialist society. So like, you have scarce resources, price system allocates those. So whenever you see things like shortages and toilet paper last year, mm -hmm. uh, whenever there's not the government involved fixing the prices, you see prices rise, and then that prevents shortages, and then the prices being the prices rising, that signals to toilet paper manufacturers like, hey, we need to make more toilet paper. Um, and so without that system in communism, you have shortages. And that's basically the whole point of it. Ah, okay. uh, that also applies to large corporations. You have things within the company that can't be calculated. Um, so large bureaucratic corporations are very inefficient whenever they make changes. So there's that advantage that a smaller company has over them. Uh, with communication uh, between the top level and the bottom level. Um, and then you see, so all of the monopolies that, or hang on, let me make this point. There are yeah, local monopolies. Yeah. So, you know, say like, uh, there's a gas station and it's the only gas station in town and they can charge uh -huh. $4 per gallon. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. so there's stuff like that. People can start a competing gas station, just undercut them and say, Hey, we're going to sell 350. Uh, people can go to the next store. I'm sure that Amazon, maybe they'll make it so that you can buy gasoline on Amazon. Mm -hmm. uh, so even in things like local monopolies, you have ways of getting around it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I covered everything yeah. there. So what, when do you think the United, so do you think that maybe in our, the beginning of our country, it was, it was, per, it was pretty close to like a perfect, what, what do you, what's your feelings on right around the, after the revolution, even I guess before the revolution? Um, so after the revolution, whenever they had the articles of confederation like around that time before the constitution mm -hmm. uh so i don't know enough about the articles of confederation themselves like i learned in school like everyone else did yeah. about how they were awful and terrible and that's why we needed the constitution um i don't agree with that view because i think that if that was true they wouldn't have gotten rid of the articles of confederation i think that that's a, that's they complain live by yeah they complain about how like oh the central government wasn't strong enough and it's like well it sounds like the articles of confederation were doing their job then yeah um so, I mean, yeah, right. that term sounds like it was a pretty small government system. It sounds like it was basically yeah. a confederacy, which, so, uh, you know, I, long live the South. I agree. <laughs> so that was going to be, so who do you think, when did you, this change start to happen? Do you think there was one president that caused it? Or do you have any feelings like when this kind of downturn that started the slippery slope that we're on today, that's just pure, um, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, People like Ron Paul is very famous for saying we need to get back to the Constitution. And yeah, constitutional government compared to what we have today would be amazing, like very small government compared mm -hmm. to now. Um, at the time, though, the Constitution was a big government document. So it was all of these intellectuals coming together and saying, hey, we need a stronger central government. Let's get rid of this Articles of Confederation and kind of consolidate power. Interesting, right. So really, that was it. I mean, that's why it was the Federalists who wanted the Constitution against the Anti-Federalists. So the people like Jefferson. Um, mm, I don't think so anyone's ever explained it to me like that. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And then I mean, you see other things. I would say World War One is probably like, well, uh, let me back up. The Civil War. So the South trying to secede and Lincoln, the war of Northern aggression, as some of yes, us call it. I agree. Uh, <laughs> so Lincoln basically saying, no, you can't do that. And then uh, starting to censor journalists and stuff. Like I tweeted out that uh, 
my favorite thing about Abraham Lincoln is his ability to catch a bullet. Um, <laughs> yeah, so there's that. And then World War I, because that was the thing that, that made the United States an imperial power that gave rise to the Bolsheviks. Um, and that, you know, then led to yeah. World War II, the Cold War, all this sort of right. stuff afterwards. Right. I think, and that's another, like the other uh, point that, that I'll send you the book too. Well, first, do you ever read Don Jeffries? Do you know who Don Jeffries is? He's on Twitter. He wrote a book though about uh, Lincoln. That was the first I learned how he was such a tyrant. But what I was saying was that that book about how the Freemasons behind the revolution, they, it was just basically like, in, according to this guy, it was a strategic war trying to knock out like the nationalism and the monarchies that were, you know, cause it was, you had the Kaiser in Germany and yeah. uh, all those. And that was really what the war was about was that. Yeah. Well, Wilson wanted, explicitly said that, like we were trying to make the world a safer place for democracy. Inch, oh, I didn't, that's odd. Yeah. Yeah. And Hans Hermann Hoppe, he actually talks about that in his book, Democracy, the God that failed. The same, one where, the same one where he says that, where he makes the case of monarchy is preferable to democracy. Um, he mentions that, yeah, World War I was a war to bring, to spread democracy all over and in monarchy, and that's why it's a big inflection point. Mm. But uh, yeah. Interesting. I got to check this guy out, dude. Hans Hoppe. Yeah. No, listen, a lot of the uh, like right-wing people, they've really like, like the uh, nationalist right-wing people, like the Nick Quintos types, like yeah. they have a lot of respect for Hoppe. And a lot of people, they are libertarians, and then they start to read Hoppe, and then from Hoppe, they then go to more of the right-wing stuff. Not always, but sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was like my trajectory, even though I didn't read them yet. That's like where I, so uh, like going, how do we, we're in a shit situation now, obviously. Um, where do we, like, and I heard you said earlier about how agorism wouldn't, it wouldn't be able to stop the state. And I'm sure you're right. But what do you think? Yeah. Do you think if we, or what's your, like, what could we people even do, you know? Yeah, so listen, so agorism, I don't think that it's a solution. I think that it's still great though, like, you know, I do illegal stuff all the time. If we're being honest, I'm not going to say what. Uh, if you want to do that, like, yeah, go for it. Yeah. I think the, like, number one thing that people can do is if you live in a blue state, move to a red state. I think that is the simplest thing. If you're in commie California, move somewhere else. Uh, so, yeah, that's one thing. Um, I do really agree with, you have these people like Matt Erickson. I don't know if you know I'm talking about how personal wealth building and stuff like that. And, hey, just focus on yourself. Focus on becoming wealthy and your best self so that you don't have to rely on other people. I completely agree with that um, as well. Uh, New Hampshire, I don't know if you're familiar with the Free State Project. So Jeremy Kaufman is a big proponent of this. He's my boss for uh, Odyssey. No, uh, I, was he just on uh, Ethan Ralph? He was on, I don't know if he was on Ethan Ralph. I don't pay attention to Ethan Ralph, but uh, he was on Tim Pool's show. Okay. All right. But uh, yeah, the one CEO of Odyssey was on Ethan. He's had like a 24 hour stream. And the guy stopped in, but I can't remember if it was him or not. Sorry to interrupt yeah. you. But uh, yeah, so he is part of this free state project, which is all libertarians moving to New Hampshire and basically trying to take the state over. And like, uh, you see it now already, the Republicans in that state are super libertarian. They get a lot of stuff. They have like the most guns per capita. Uh, wow. So that's, and that's a strategy that I really agree with because there's not enough libertarians in the country to make a difference in the country right. at large. But if you all concentrate in this state, New Hampshire, that only has a million people, there's more than enough libertarians to make that a libertarian state. So that, in terms of practicality, I think is like the best strategy. That's an awesome idea, dude. You're right. And yeah. isn't the um, pork fest or whatever in New Hampshire usually? Yeah, and that, yeah, and that is a, uh, yeah, so that's sponsored by the Free State Project. And that 
I think their underlying goal is to have people just fly out to New Hampshire and see like how awesome it is and, and never leave. stay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where and another I just some sort of like thinking of how about so immigration? I think that's like I because I oh I I had to stop following the libertarian Twitter party. I don't know like the big one because they're yeah. they're the one that supported Joe Jorgensen because I couldn't it was like driving me nuts and I but so what's your in an anarcho-capitalist world what how do you handle immigration uh so in an anarcho-capitalist world it's pretty simple it's private property borders so say like you know you have your house you can tell whoever you want to no you can't come in here mm -hmm. uh say you have an entire community like you know you and all of your neighbors you have this like gated community or whatever you can say no you're not allowed in here um, and likewise, if you are someone who would welcome immigrants, which I'm not sure if there is anyone who would welcome immigrants, then you can say, yeah, come on into my house or come on into our neighborhood. But um, is there still border, like, would there still be borders in that scenario? Like, say it's the same lines drawn up as we have today with Mexico and the U.S. Like, say, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. So, no. So your border would be, you know, your property line. So, like, this okay. is the land that I own. People who I want on here can come here people who I don't want, same thing, can't. Okay. Um, and that would be true for everyone who owns property. And, uh, you know, it wouldn't just be like homeowners, it would be like apartment complexes, like, hey, this is our land, we don't want to lease to immigrants, or we do want to lease to immigrants. Mm -hmm. uh, say you have a town where you have all of these businesses, maybe they're arranged, like they all have agreements with one another, and they say, yeah, we will allow immigrants, or we won't. Um, so it really just does come down to private property rights. So I think that in anarcho-capitalist society in that sense would have stricter borders than now because now you have like this forced integration type thing uh right. where now people have to serve immigrants which yeah. i think is completely wrong right um but yeah uh, yeah because i that's a not like thing i struggle like i couldn't but i like that idea of communities but you're saying so there wouldn't even be in the i know we're talking hypothetical hypotheticals <laughs> but like it wouldn't be in mexico in the united states it'd be communities that of people who own land and they right or no? Am so I, I think that a uh, like the governments of the United States and Mexico wouldn't exist. Like there wouldn't be a hard line drawn. Like this is a separation. But I still mm -hmm. think that you know cultures would persist, and like the United States would still stay. Like Texas would still be Texas, and Mexico would still be Mexico. Okay. It's like how uh, there's open borders between states now, but you still look like California has a very different culture than say Arizona even within California. So like Los Angeles has a very different culture than like other parts of California. That's point, um, yeah. Here in Missouri, St. Louis has a completely different culture than where I live in mm -hmm. Missouri. Um, so yeah, so you would still have like regional differences and things like that. Like sports teams are another example. So you have kind of this team's territory here and then it kind of crosses and then you have this team's territory over here, but there's no hard line, but you still like, as you drive through states, you start to see hats change. Yeah. Um, yeah, something like metaphor. that. Yeah, and uh, I actually did a video about this. Like, I love the United States. There is no place that I would rather live. I love patriotism. People who burn flags and stuff, I think, are insanely stupid. Um, so just because I don't like the American government doesn't mean that I don't like the concept of America or I don't care about mm -hmm. America. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's an important distinction for sure. I, it's just hard. Like, it's such a because we're clearly whatever we're doing right now is just complete shit like it is and i think it's probably by plan or by design but it, i feel like everybody especially this past year has now been looking out for what else is out there because we see this the total utter chaos that we are in right now and it is like i think you said it's it's a house of cards like the the 
the debt that we're in, like, I don't see how we get out of this. Something has to, to give. I just don't know what that is or what's going to happen, but. Yeah. So I think that's where it kind of comes into where you want to make sure that you're living in the right place. So uh, if you're in California, whenever the collapse comes, you don't want to be in California. <laughs> uh, and that's where I think it would be into, that's where I think it would be good to come into New Hampshire. Like, Hey, the collapse comes, there's no more government. Oh, I live in the most libertarian place in the country. I think I'll be fine. Um, so yeah, I think. Do you see the, the, what do you think happens to the United States? Do you see it breaking into like a balkanizing or do you think it, because I, I know that like Zero Hedge, I'm sure you follow it. They talk, have talked about the imminent collapse for so long. Now I almost yeah. feel like it's boy who cried wolf. <laughs> but what do you think happens to the United States? Because I just can't see how, I don't, I can't see it sustaining itself. Like it, it eventually, right? I mean, it's gotta, yeah. it's got, there's no way it doesn't. But what do you see yeah. think happens to the United States? Uh, what I think happens, I don't really know. Yeah, eventually they're going to have to default on the debt and yeah. uh, it's going to be bad. Um, I hope, my hope is that there's a session. So you see a split, um, people were talking earlier about like, let's give California to, uh, yeah. Canada and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I am all in favor of secession. I hope that the United States splits up into two or three or four or 50, like however much it wants to. Yeah. Um, so that would be my hope. I think if the government just straight up collapsed, uh, I don't think it would be chaos, but I do think you would see the different sides like scramble to form their own government um like each their own side um people talk about that like collapsitarianism i don't think that i don't think it would be a good thing if the government collapsed i don't think it would be like the worst thing ever about, what's that collapsitarianism what's that mean it's basically like people who want the government to collapse ah okay a collapse okay. would be like a good all thing. right <laughs> i don't really agree with that uh, but I don't think it would be like the worst thing in the world. I think that you would see people rearrange and form governments just into smaller units. Like, I don't think if the government collapsed, you're going to be able to form a new federal government over the entire United States. I yeah, just don't think right. that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, maybe move to Alaska. Cause like, if you're in Alaska, I don't know what they're going to do back at the mainland, move to yeah. Hawaii or something like, right. Dude, uh, <laughs> you ever watch those Alaska shows? Those people are mate. They're like, they're true libertarians, dude. They live off the land. They just build, they want to build a house. There's no regulation. You just build a house. You know, Hell it's up yeah. to you to not, to not have a collapse on you. Yeah. I mean, people talk about like the really nerdy stuff is seasteading and you have like these ANCAPs who want to go out to the ocean and like build like Bioshock cities. Damn, dude. Now that's an idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know the logistics of that, but you know, do people I. have the idea. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we just have to wait until we go to Mars. Yes. Or if you get enough plastic in the ocean, you might be able to build like an island and then put dirt exactly. on it. We need more pollution. Yes. We need to throw as much plastic in as we can. I'm going to start doing my part now. Absolutely. There we go. Yeah. I'm trying to think other, so in like, uh, in drugs are lead, I think, I mean, the drug war has obviously been, and I was a, a heroin addict. So I used to really, I think that's what Damn. pushed me into libertarianism was because I was like, I, you know, people drink alcohol. I just decided to shoot dope. Shoot so what's up. the, yeah, what's the difference? <laughs> but, but, you know, like I do, the drug war is idiotic, but I guess the, my now, like, look is, I mean, have you ever been to, or you've seen like the videos of LA or Kensington is in Philadelphia. I mean, it's zombie lands. Do you think that that kind of, those kind of issues would be alleviated with? Yes. No, you do. So you think that they would. So, Degeneracy, this is another thing that Hoppe talks about. 
he oh, defines man, I'm gonna love this guy dude yeah, i'm not e- i'm not even a hoppy by the way. it just relates to all of this um so he defines degeneracy as lifestyles that are unsustainable without the government okay so you look at things like drug addiction you look at things like oh i'm a single mom with 18 kids um stuff like this that i think is only sustainable because the government exists because right. these people can live off of the state um so there actually is an argument to be made there that hey a society without the government supporting these people would actually be more socially conservative because these people, mm. they have no choice but to get their shit together and actually right. do something. Yeah. Um, and as far as like the heroin stuff, there's a lot of libertarians that are annoying about this. Like, a, yeah, I don't think that it should be illegal, but I'm not just going to be like, oh, well, it's your choice to do heroin if you want, <laughs> if you want to do heroin. Like, no, I'm going to say that's stupid and that you shouldn't yeah. do heroin. Right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so good on you for getting clean. Oh, thank you, dude. Yeah. But that's, dude, I'm going to love this guy because you're right. I never thought, <laughs> thought about that. Like, you're right. All these behaviors would not be sustainable if our taxes didn't, you know, pay for it. And that's another thing. I also like, I hated taxes and I still don't agree with taxes, but like if they went to something that actually helped the people, whether it was like to build railways or whatever, it actually helped people. I wouldn't mind paying all that we pay in taxes, but, and that's why, like, I think I also fell away kind of from liberty because like, I don't believe that a person at, you know, a fast food job working 40 hours shouldn't be able to uh, you know, have this live such a, sh- a poor life. And I don't mind so- giving money that would support them yeah. so they could. And that's like, or I guess I also struggled with libertarian with no taxes because there are people that are just not, they, they're not that they're not hardworking, but they're just like, I, I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, listen, the fact that you feel that way is evidence of why you don't need the government to force you to do it. Yeah. And uh, I think that's if you live in like a private community and stuff and uh, they say, Hey, to live here, you got to pay, you know, 10% of your income every year, uh, then yeah, you can either do that or not live there. Like I have no problem with that. Um, and whenever you live in like a more private community that is choice, then you can keep track of like, Hey, where is this going? Or else, yeah. you know what, I'm going to stop paying you. Whereas right. with the government, you don't really have a choice in that. And yeah, your money goes to wars overseas and drug addicts yeah. and all sorts of bad stuff. And just to like give credence to your point, I, that, uh, the Gatto's John Taylor Gatto's book was talking about, in Massachusetts, they had like the Anglican, like people from, I forget where, somewhere in England, and they lived like very individualistic, like they, you know, it was for yourself, you created for yourself, and then the neighboring community was from Ireland or somewhere else, and they were more like community farming, and they hated each other, you you know, like they, but gradually after like 100 years, they took the best of both worlds and they were able to overcome these different, they picked the best of both worlds. And so he just said that to juxtaposition, like how today they force these groups together that yeah. have not, or couldn't be farther apart, could never. And that's like where our issues stem from is forced, like, you know, forcing these people that hate each other that have no similar views into living in the same rules and same world. Yeah. And I mean, that's why that's the whole culture war. Cause you have, like these weird left-wing like losers with like blue hair who think that misgendering someone is, you know, violence or whatever. Right. Uh, and then you have, you know, your normal, your normal people who, you know, they just want a wife and they want to have two kids and uh, live in a house with a picket mm-hmm. fence. Right. Uh, there's no way for these two groups of people to see eye to eye and with the government, with the ability to pass laws against the other people, they both sides really don't have a choice except to try to fight for the power of the government because if they don't, the other group is going to, and then they're going to be subjugated. 
So that's why I advocate secession. Like, hey, you guys go do your blue hair college microaggression stuff over there. Everyone else does this over here. Yeah. No, that's that definitely sounds better than, and that's you were never. I don't think we've ever been so. Maybe we've been divided this divided at the Civil War, but it is like insane. I don't see how you overcome this or come back from to just agree on something because there isn't. It's like yeah. the middle ground is gone. There's no. It's like Looney World and semblance. <laughs> what you expected your, you know, our, thir- well, I don't know how old you are, but like thirties to be when you were an adult. So, you know, it doesn't look anything like I thought when I was uh, 10 years old. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm only 21. So like, Oh uh, damn, you're way younger, dude. Nice. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Whenever I was a kid, it was like conservatives were doing all this like nine 11 war propaganda <laughs> stuff and they were censoring like the radio. Like I'm a big fan of Opie and Anthony and stuff. And, okay. Uh, but then for the most part, you know, the past 10 years or whatever it's been, the left, really since Obama, the left has been just awful mm-hmm. and horrible. Um, so, yeah, so like my entire experience has been the left, the right is, you know, they're that must better. Be hard for like, because you, so you're 21, like it seems like the younger generation, I mean, I guess the, the spectrum always keeps moving to the left, but that, like, do you, uh, like your friends, do they feel the same way as you do or? When did you uh, gather your beliefs, I guess? When did you start believing like in a more pro-liberty ideals? Uh, whenever I was 13. So my dad was a big Ron Paul supporter. And oh, I, awesome. I, I, uh, that would have been in 2011. So I right. still would have been 11. I was born yeah. in 2000. Uh, and then a couple of years later, I was like, man, I'm getting pretty old. I'm 13, so I better learn about <laughs> politics. And I just started looking up like Ron Paul speeches and then it all kind of cavalcated from there. And my dad gave me his copy of uh, Liberty to Find, which is Ron Paul's book. Okay. Um, but my, uh, my best friend is actually like a, a hardcore right-wing guy. And like, he doesn't like certain groups of people who are known to rule lots of things in the world and stuff, uh, which, is not, which is not something that I'm into, but still like, you know, uh, so yeah, I think that you do see something. So like the boomers, they were all left-wing, like anti-war, you know, yeah. uh, all that sort of stra- stuff. And then Gen X is more right-wing and then the millennials, of course, are more left-wing. And then I think my generation is going to be more right-wing. I think it's kind Interesting. of cyclical in that way. Yeah, that's, yeah, I'm like a millennial, but that's, uh, that guy that I said, Joshua from our foundations, he has this, I think he had this one, but this theory was, that, like you said, it's like the next generation. I think he yeah. goes like merchants, I don't know. There's like six of them, but it does that where it's like you, you know, you have a one class and that creates this. So they do it kind of like that whole, that stupid saying that boomers love to post um, hard times make easy men or easy men make hard times. And do you know, you ever see that meme? It's like, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there is something to that because you look at all the wealth after world war II, they came out of the great depression and all of that stuff. And then, yeah, you have the boomer generation they grew up and they get all these handouts and stuff yeah. to them. And yeah, sure enough, they're lefty degenerates. Uh, and then you have a bunch of Gen Xers being raised by, you know, terrible boomer parents. And then they grew up to be more right-wing Yeah. and then cause they're right-wing and they're like actually good at raising families and stuff like that. Then their kids again are kind of spoiled and you have the millennials being all left-wing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. That's, that's interesting. So like we're, you know, I don't have a child yet, but we will soon. I was thinking like, so it's interesting that your dad was a libertarian and you didn't rebel against that, that mindset you you kind of you joined it well so 
I did like I don't agree with my dad on everything like he's mm-hmm. a still a constitutionalist and I take it okay. farther than that but like uh yeah I guess I'm different in that way I don't know my dad is like the smartest person I know so yeah oh, that's awesome no that's like that's reassuring because I've like you know I was because you get it's so easy to get brainwashed like with if you don't if you just pay attention a little bit like my fiance she doesn't really want you know but I've got the the brainwashing out but it is like when I barely pay attention, you think, oh, that seems right. Like, yeah, you should allow people with mental illness in the military or yeah, I'm using that, you understand. But, and so I fought for that. And then as I, you know, you watch more, you're like, wait, why am I feeling this way? I don't even, I don't agree with that, but it's so powerful that it can just, they can move generations and move all these groups. I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah. No, but I mean, listen, yeah, you have, everyone it's like this is so weird all of the news networks all of hollywood all of academia are all telling me the same narrative that you know uh white people are the worst people ever and like Mm -hmm. all of this sort of stuff uh that we need socialism and big government and it's like maybe there's more to it than i think and then you realize that yeah it's all of these people coming together to try to influence popular culture and uh turn it towards this big government new world order type thing yeah yeah dude and that's this the so again, like I, I just keep, I like see it as that spectrum of like uh, capitalism, and, but like socialism, people don't understand like this. They've literally the elites of Wall Street has funded all these things to create socialistic governments because they wanted to be the sole provider of natural resources and control them. And it's just wild how like Amazon posts is Pride Month, and you think that they're you know you're taking the same side as Amazon on anything. You're on the wrong side, yeah. dude. You are on the wrong. You're everything that you say you're fighting against. Yeah. And whenever they do stuff like that, like I think obviously Amazon, they don't care about gay rights no. or whatever, or Black no. Lives Matter. They're just saying whatever they need to to get the people that they want to do the things that they want. Um, so yeah, they'll say whatever they need to to get in power. That's why, uh, you know, McDonald's in Saudi Arabia isn't going to put up LGBT stuff. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> yeah that's a good point yeah so i mean um it's not even like people talk about like this uh, anti-white agenda and i kind of mentioned that i don't think it's even that i think it's just they say whatever they need to to uh, mm. get what they want done and kind of this push for uh progressivism has kind of gone in that direction of like anti your nuclear family uh right. pro lgbt pro woman all of this sort of stuff so you think it's not that it's not as nefarious it's more like that's I think it is allowed. nefarious. I think it is nefarious. I just, I think that their goal is more power and they are just willing to do, they're willing to say whatever they need to, to get that. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think they really have anything they're after except power. So whenever they say like, Hey, pro black lives matter, it's just mm. that they're, they're saying that because they need to. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know where some, that's like, I, you know, I came in a conspiracy, like, per, not that I'm not a conspiracy theorist now, but you can see it's just like it's not maybe it isn't this as controlled as well as like a lot of people you know by reptiles and things like that <laughs> it could just be like people are just so greedy and morally bankrupt that they just want to accumulate as much power as humanly possible and inflict it on lesser powerful people you know i don't know I don't yeah know. and uh i mean i've said this before if it if everything was run by lizard people, would anything, would things be any different? Like, yeah, that's a good <laughs> point, dude. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's just, it's terrifying. And I don't know that, that like, you're right. I love that idea because people, I hate to be super black pilled, but I love what you said about how moving into a 
because I always say like, you got to find a community and people that you're friends with and share and don't start a militia. Do not do that. But, uh, you know, you have to find like-minded people that, and that's, and that's a great, that's really awesome. I didn't know they were doing that in like New Hampshire to try and get more and more people there. That's like, yeah, it's great. Yeah. The student, Jason Sorens wrote an essay, like almost 20 years ago, I think it was in like 2004, uh, talking about like, Hey, everything that libertarians have tried to do to make this happen, it isn't working. Like it's all been complete failures. And uh, he basically lays out the argument for this free state project. And then they had a big debate on what state to do. New Hampshire won. And I think um, not too long ago, sometime this past decade, they actually started to do it. And all of these libertarians started to move to New Hampshire. And um, part of it, why they did that, their state motto is live free or die. So like it already was like kind of a libertarian state to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, now you have all of these libertarians and they're doing a lot. Like, I don't know the ins and outs. I don't live in New Hampshire. If I was going to move, I would move to New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And uh, they make a very compelling argument. So my, but, um, yeah, it's oh, awesome. my last question, what is the difference between, so Dave Smith, you know, the Mike Mises <laughs> caucus, what, what is the difference between the libertarian group versus the Mises caucus? Is that how you say it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so the Mises caucus, they believe in they believe that the Libertarian Party should be principled and that it should focus on Austrian issues. Um, so Austrian economic issues. So things like the Federal Reserve, things mm-hmm. like the war, um, stuff like that. Whereas the Libertarian Party, uh, they agree with those things, but for whatever reason, they want to focus more on like open borders mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, gay rights and stuff like this. Uh, the Mises Caucus just says like, hey, let's be principled. Let's focus on the biggest issues of our day. Let's focus on things like lockdowns now that that's um, come about and COVID measures. Uh, and then the Libertarian Party, they also aren't principled at all. So you have people like Gary Johnson who don't know anything uh, being the presidential nominee. You have right. people like Joe Jorgensen saying we must be actively anti-racist. Yes, which, that was what made me unfollow. Yeah. That was it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which was completely terrible not that like yeah i'm against racism like i don't right. think that you should be racist but we must be actively anti-racist so you're saying me who you know i'm just sitting in my room i don't hate any minorities that's not enough i need to actively go out and say like no <laughs> racism is bad uh it's stupid and yeah. i would also ask her hey what are your thoughts on anti-discrimination laws because the libertarian answer is no anti-discrimination laws yeah um so yeah, that's the main difference. Mises Caucus, they're principal libertarians. LP National, okay. they're not. Okay. Now it's good because I always see them hit like there's that. And dude, the liber I had done five said libertarian Twitter because it was so bad. Their their takes were such garbage. I like couldn't <laughs> even, oh my God, it was brutal. But so where can uh, everyone find you and all those things like that? Uh yeah. So on Twitter, I'm just Drew Hancock, which is at lockout days, L-O-C-K-O-U-T-D-A-Y-S. Uh, YouTube, same thing. My name is Drew Hancock, but the URL is Lockout Days. Uh, and then you can find me on Odyssey as well, odyse.com, nice. and uh, use that website just for everything. Abandon YouTube entirely. After this show moves to Odyssey, stop watching it here. Yes. Just watch the Odyssey versions. Dude. Um, awesome. But uh, yeah, that's uh, all I got. Well, dude, thanks so much for being on the, the show. Here, I'll turn off the, the. Let me see if I can do this uh, stopwatch. All right, let me hit on the record.